Hello, and welcome to our podcast accompanying the Lancet Infectious Diseases new commission on sexually transmitted infections. I'm Gavin Cleaver, and I'm delighted to be joined today by one of the authors of the commission, Professor Kit Fairley. Professor Fairley, please introduce yourself. I work at Melbourne Sexual Health Centre, which is part of Elford Health in Melbourne, and I'm part of uh, Melbourne University. And we've been running a large sexual health service for a long time, but always been very interested in why rates of sexually transmitted infections are different in some countries and the explanations for those. Well, Professor, thank you so much for joining us today. So, to kick off, why now? I mean, what makes this commission so vital in the here and now? Some very big changes happening in the area of sexually transmitted infections. They they went away uh, significantly with the onset of HIV and the more successful treatment, but for the last 20 years or so, a number of very important changes have been happening. So the first is that we have seen the reappearance of syphilis and very large rises in gonorrhea in gay men to to levels really not seen since the 1970s. The second very important change is that one of those organisms, gonorrhea, is becoming resistant to a number of different antibiotics and there's the real potential that it may become really very difficult to treat and that would have a profound effect on the prevalence and incidence of infection. And the final thing is that there's a very bright new hope with new technologies that might allow us to share some of the benefits of the lower prevalence of sexually transmitted infections with lower and middle income countries with the new technologies that are developing. So your commission consists of five main areas. Now, how did you go about choosing these specific areas? We chose them for a number of reasons. The first was they had to be important. There had to be some change that was happening or or they had to have a serious consequences. If they'd been done recently in another major journal, we we didn't do them. Or if there were important messages or changes that we wanted to get across, then we also chose those particular conditions. Now, we didn't include some things that are very common. For example, the the human papillomavirus, which is a cause of many of the anogenital and other malignancies that we see, is largely disappearing with an effective vaccination strategy. And in Australia, for example, we've seen massive declines in young people such that it's going to be uncommon for that cancer to cause malignancies in the future. We didn't choose to look at herpes because it's a very difficult condition to control. There's been no substantial changes in the prevalence or incidence of infection and it will be solved by a vaccine and there's some progress there. And we didn't do uh, mycoplasma genitalium because it was being done elsewhere and we didn't do trichomonas vaginalis because there's not been major changes in that recently. So we focused on, on the five areas that we thought were important. So you mentioned in your first answer about low and middle income countries. Now the burden there seems overwhelming and it seems overwhelming for such a long time. So what are the challenges that still remain for diagnosis in these settings? large burden in low and middle income countries. In part, that's a population effect. There are a lot of people in low and middle income countries, but also the rates of infection in those countries is much higher. And in fact, 90% of cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea and syphilis occur in those countries. And the reason that they occur more commonly in those countries is because access to healthcare and the early diagnosis of symptomatic individuals their treatment and the treatment of their partners is a, a critical component to effective control. So if you don't have an effective healthcare system with the appropriate tests and treatment, 
it becomes very difficult to control that infection so you get very high rates of those infections. A second important thing happens is that when someone gets those infections they tend to get more serious complications from them. In higher income countries those infections are treated earlier and the complications don't occur but in lower income countries that's not the case and so that's part of the of this special issue is dealing with the sort of things that can be done to improve control in those countries. And so turning to your to your new commission, what are the most important messages that you think you know, are the take-home messages from this commission? And um, what, what are your hopes for the future? So I think that if you look on the really bright side, most developed countries with accessible health care have a low prevalence of most infections. And, and so the bright side is that in, in many instances, we know reasonably well what's required. The problem is implementing it. Uh, Australia is a typical example of that. We have a reasonably accessible healthcare system, very low rates of gonorrhea and syphilis in heterosexuals, except in indigenous populations in remote communities where access to healthcare is poor, the rates might be 10 or even at times 100 times higher. So, so we know what to do. And so the main message is that Good policy decisions are very important in the control of infections. And individual decisions about whether to use a condom or not have a relatively weak effect on the prevalence. So, so governments or policymakers are principally responsible for the prevalence of infection, not individuals. There are a number of other um, in, important messages that come out of this review that deal with different infections. What, one of those is it's very important to understand what you're dealing with and how it's transmitted. And that provides quite a lot of hope for two things. One is bacterial vaginosis, which is incredibly common in women, perhaps 10 or 15% of a population might have it, but we don't know the organism that's causing it. And so in this particular issue, we discuss some of the issues with how to find out what the organism is and what can be done to reduce the prevalence and a more, more, another interesting thing is the large rates that are occurring of gonorrhea in men of sex with men. And if we can understand how that infection is transmitted, we might